You're listening to South Niagara Conversations, a podcast presented by the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, along with 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM. Here are your hosts, Dolores Fabiano and Chris Burns. Well, good morning, and thanks to everyone who's joined us for our South Niagara Conversation Series. For those of you who are tuning in from afar, we represent the communities of Fort Erie, Niagara Falls, Port Coburn, Waynefleet, Welland, and Pelham. We're located in Southern Ontario, a wonderful place to live, work, and play. This morning, Chris Burns, owner of 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM, joins me as co-host. Good morning, Chris. How are you this morning? Dolores, I'm wonderful, thank you. Uh, The sun is shining, the weather's getting warmer, and the golf course across the street from my house opened yesterday. So (laughs) all is great with the world. Oh my God, life is good, my friend. That's fantastic. I I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Small Business Enterprise Center, City of Niagara Falls. They're great supporters of our chamber and of our local business community. Chris, this morning we're we're going to be chatting with three wonderful women who've um, been brave enough to enter the world of politics. I'm eager to hear about their experiences and hear their perspectives. Let's get to it. Chris, who do we have joining us this morning? Well, Dolores, this morning uh, we welcome April Jeffs, former mayor of Waynefleet, Waynefleet, uh, Laurie Lacoco, councillor with the city of Niagara Falls, and Marina Butler, councillor with the town of Fort Erie. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for being with us today. Let's get straight into it. April, I'd like to start with you. Tell us uh, why you decided to get into politics. Well, uh, thank you. First of all, thank you. And good morning to everybody. And and thanks, Dolores, for hosting this. I think this is a fabulous idea. Um, So yeah, I first got involved in politics. It was the 2010 municipal election. Um, I always was interested in community service. I had served on a couple of boards uh, prior to running for mayor in 2010. And I think the biggest reason why I got involved was there were a couple issues, one being a proposed sewer and water project, and they were very divisive and they were really dividing the community. And I I felt like I could make a difference at uh, Waynefleet. A lot of people know Waynefleet, small community. Everybody knows everybody. And um, the relationships in the community are so important. And so I felt like I could I could really bring bring that back together. And, and I like to think that for the most part, I accomplished that. It's you know not not always perfect, but um, and just to serve and to help. And then and it's funny because I was I was in my mid-30s when I started to take an interest in governance and, and municipal politics. And it really opened my eyes to everything happening um, you know, within the region, things I weren't. Uh, or I wasn't aware of, um, you know, in all the municipalities, and then then further running provincially and federally, um, it was just such a great learning experience and, and got me involved in so many different things. I, I was taken in different ways that I never thought I would. And so far, it's been it's been an absolutely wonderful uh, experience. And now I have the opportunity to serve as a chair of the Niagara Parks Commission. So that's another kind of taken me in a little bit of a different path, but keeps me still involved in the community, so. Great, thank you. And Laurie, uh, how would you respond to that same, similar question? Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you to Dolores. Good morning to everyone. I was involved with Toastmasters as a member for 15 years, and I originally went because I was afraid of speaking. That's why I went, but I really stayed for the leadership part of it. So within that 15 years, I served at the international board level 
and we had 250,000 members around the world. It was a great opportunity. It was a two-year position. And then when I finished that, I thought, well, what am I going to do next? I could move on with Toastmasters, but that would be another seven years to get to the international president, or do I take my skills and experience at a local level? So in 2014, I decided to run for city council here in Niagara Falls. We have an at-large system. We we hire, we elect eight people and I came in ninth. I was the runner up. And then I tried again in 2018 and got in on the eighth. And it's been a, a great experience. I've learned a lot. And I think I bring a voice to city council that sometimes our residents, they, they feel that it's not being heard. So that's my political experience. Always involved in the community, volunteering, that sort of thing. But that's my political experience. And I'm just going to say, you speak great in public. Like, wow. Thank you. I still don't like it. I like the leadership side of it. <laughs> Thank you. And, and so, Marina, if we can ask you uh, the similar question, and then we'll uh, get on to other questions. Thank you, Chris. And, and thank you to you and Dolores as well. I'd like to join uh, uh, April and Lori in uh, thanking you to bring this communication to the public. Um, I'm much like April in uh, 2010, there was a council that caused a divide in the municipality of Fort Erie and it was basically surrounding the Bay Beach condominium uh, project that was going to be built. Um, it was really awful. Everybody was suing everybody, everybody was attacking everybody and you couldn't have an opinion um, if, if you chose to because everybody was oppositional. So I ran in 2014 with the same um, mindset that I could bring a calm and restore that um, faith in, in um, our community. And that's exactly why I ran. That's a, that's a great point that you, you make because I, I think when there's a female perspective, it, um, it typically does provide some, some balance. Um, have you guys experienced that? Like, do you think that that is the, I mean, I see it from, from, from my perspective, like when, when there are females on, on council, for example, that the conversation is, um, I'm just going to use the word balanced. <laughs> there are other words I could use, but I'm not going to, uh, do you guys feel that? Is that your experience having sat on, on, uh, various councils? I can weigh in on that, Dolores. I think. I think women uh, take their time to process all the information to, I'm not, and I'm not saying men don't do this, but I think more ingrained in us to weigh everything and to not just say, well, too bad. We're just, I'm just going to vote this way. And sorry, you know, sorry about your luck to the point where I know I would torment myself over issues because you're getting pulled in different directions and to, you know, at some point I would actually say, okay, well now, you know, now I've weighed it all out and I mean, we have to move forward in one direction or, or another, but I think, um, yeah, I think women approach things differently in that sense where they weigh, like I say, weigh out all the options, listen to everybody and, and explain too. like, I've, I think it's good. You know, some people say, oh, you don't have to explain yourself. I think you do <laughs> when you're representing you, you do have to explain kind of, and people still aren't going to agree with you, but but at least you've, you've, you know, made it clear where you're coming from and, and then, you know, and then people decide in the next election. So. Yeah. Lori Marina, do you guys want to add anything to that? Sure. I, I'd like to add that um, when you have a decision-making table, if you have all of the same people sitting at the table, they're going to make decisions that 
are their experience. So you have to have different people at the table, whether that's women, diverse backgrounds, ages, uh, multiculturalism. Um, if you have diverse backgrounds at the table, then you have all of those different ideas. If you're all one thing, you're only going to vote a certain way or think a certain way. So it's really important to have those diverse people at the table. To make those yeah, I, I want to get uh, Marina's perspective as well, but you're so right. I've seen, I'm old, I've been around for a long time. So I've seen a lot of politicians um, surround themselves with people who tell them what they want to hear. And it always is what, what, <laughs> what kills them in the end, right? Like um, you need to understand what is, you need people to tell you the truth not what you want to hear. And that makes all the difference, right? So if you're not getting the truth and, um, you know, just, just hearing what you want to hear, then you can't make good decisions because you don't have any understanding of what reality is. And uh, you, you're so right, Laurie, that diversity is, is so important. And even though I'm sure as politicians, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, not that group again or that person again, but it actually is important to, to hear those perspectives. Marina, I, I wanted to get your take as well. Yeah, you know, um, it's very interesting because uh, I just celebrated my 30th year in business. And, um, wow. and as a business person, you make decisions very quickly, you know, based on the information that you have at hand and you don't regret the decision. In politics, you have to really study and research and uh, make sure that you understand the, the, um, the question that's being asked for you to decide on. And I always find that when you get to the council chambers and everybody has an opportunity to speak your, their mind, sometimes your decision changes. So you may enter with a thought that you're gonna vote one way, but by the end of it, you voted a different way. And it's because they brought something to the table that you never thought of or you didn't find in your research documents, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I find that very interesting. Also to um, April's point, I also find that when you are deliberating um, with the decision that you're going to make, it is a painful process. And, uh, and when you do finally get that vote around the table, sometimes you leave the chambers and you think, yeah, we've done a great job. And sometimes you think, oh God, I hope we made the right decision because it's not us that we're affecting. It is the whole community. Yeah. And so it is us in the community, but it's every single resident that you're affecting with your decision-making. And you hope that um, it's the right one. Luckily for us, anything can be changed. So uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's a good point too. And I, uh, Lori and I were having this conversation before we got started. Um, you know, social media has really changed the face of everything. And it's amazing to me that, that, you know, very nice, wonderful people who are, are, are so respectful in person sometimes get on social media and it's like, oh my goodness, like you would never say that to, to someone in, in person. And that's really kind of changed the face of, of, of everything, like I said, but in politics uh, specifically, because you already have to have a fairly thick skin and I think that social media has 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 changed it so much. Can you guys speak a little bit about the impact of you know social media on on the role? Who wants to start with that one? <laughs> well, I can jump in here because um, oh sorry, Laurie, if you wanted to go, no. Uh, um, 
social media is a funny animal. Um, mm -hmm. When we first, when I first started in politics in 2014, there was a group of individuals that um, called uh, myself and Councillor Zhang co-chambermaids, right? Mm -hmm. And um, a very derogatory uh, term, but then they called us the two Barbie twins. And I thought, okay, I can live with that because Barbie's beautiful. So as a plus, <laughs> but you know, um, you have to control the narrative, I think, you know, and, and really give your information. And um, there's a thought process that women, in politics are not as bright as the male counterparts, which is an unfortunate thing. Mm. Um, and we have to really prove ourselves in that chamber council and, and uh, prove it to the general public. And the only way that we can do that is through social media. And you are going to be criticized because you're going to have a lot of different opinions. But to your point, uh, I totally agree with you. People that would never say anything to your face suddenly become um, emboldened behind that keyboard yeah. and, um, and say things that are very disruptive and, and distract from the truth of the matter. And, um, and that's on the unfortunate side of social media. But again, you can control the narrative and get back on there and make sure that the public has um, the right information and just allow them to make that decision. Yeah, yeah. Lori? Thanks, Dolores. I see social media as both positive and negative. The positive part is that it brings people together information. There's so much information out there. And I know as a counselor, that helps me because I can read, educate myself, and then share that information. That part of it is wonderful. And it brings people of like-minded um, ideas together. The, the challenge sometimes with social media is with the algorithms, you only see what they want you to see. So if you feel a certain way, you're only going to see that. And then you think everybody feels that way and you might not see the others. So there's, there's that, that downside. And as a, a counselor or someone run, running for politics, it's a great opportunity, very inexpensive to get your, your ideas out there and communicate with people so you understand what's important to them. So there's positive and negative. Um, I, I like a little cartoon. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a fence and there's um, a hole in it and a person's looking through it and all he sees is rain. So in his world, everything is rainy. But then they're over on the other side of the fence. There's this big ladder and there's somebody looking over the fence and they see this beautiful sunny day with just a little scatter of shower where that hole was in the fence. So sometimes social media is just looking through that hole and just seeing a very narrow perspective. So you have to look at the broader picture, but it can be positive and negative. And like Marina said, you have to control the narrative. Yeah, I guess like there's the good, the bad and, and, and the ugly. <laughs> April? Yeah, I, I agree with uh, everything that Marina and Lori have said. And, and it goes back to, Lori touched on it, but to your point, Dolores, like I, I, I find it can be the same as surrounding yourself by people who um, tell you what you want to hear. I find um, that can happen on social media, but more um, like if, you know, in Waynefleet, we did have several issues regarding development and certain things, and you see those negative comments over and over again, and you felt that that was the sense of the entire community. But when you got out and started talking to people, or you would see who would come to the public meeting, sometimes, you know, it was a different story. So sometimes it can take you in a different way that like it can give you a perspective that isn't, isn't quite you know, what's actually reality. It's too negative, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. 
Um, and I, I also agree, Laurie said it's a great way to get exposure, especially when you're um, when you're running in a municipal or, or federal or provincial election to get your name out there. Um, I did notice, so I've ran municipally, provincially and federally, and I found the negativity was far worse in the party politics that I mean, I, I got beat up pretty good as a mayor uh, over the years. But boy, oh boy, when I put on that blue sweater and, and went out there <laughs> and and it's funny, um, Dolores, you're saying about things people would you know never say to your face. And I remember during the federal election, um, somebody just going to town all day long on my Facebook page. Um, it was in early October before the federal election. And then I went to an event that night and that individual was the MC and that person wouldn't even look at me. And I thought, Oh my gosh, like you're so, you know, you have ripped me to pieces all day long on social media and well, you know, and then the flip side of that was I remember early on in the in the federal campaign where an individual from the liberal team, you know, kind of pretty, pretty negative comments about me. And we've actually become really good friends. Um, he's a great, you know, ally for the most part. Of course, when we're in an election, you know, then we got to kind of go, OK, we have to part ways now. And um, so so it can go, you know, it can go either way. And and uh, but but it just it's to the point where a lot of people are different when they have to keep front of them so and you just have to really work on letting it letting it roll off but it it's difficult like I'm a sensitive person and even to this day it it you know even when they announced um Parks chair it was mostly positive but there were a couple comments and I thought I can't I can't look at them because they just you know yeah anyway (laughs) it's um as though people forget that you're human beings right like you, you, you're a person who has a family, you have parents, you have children, you have spouses who also see this stuff. And it's, it's almost like it's a lack of respect. I mean, yes, you're a politician and, and uh, you're, you are open to criticism on the decisions that you make and, and that's the game, but it's the personal attacks that just, you know, sometimes are just so distasteful and, 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 and mean, like just, just mean it's it's awful i um i know that for as long as i've been around uh there's always been a movement to try and get more women involved in politics and there's been many many programs many attempts and um and and i think we're we're making some progress we are seeing more women at the table for sure but why why do you think um women are are so hesitant to to actually get into politics who wants to start I think what we just talked about social media I've had friends and uh, you know colleagues say to me um I I watch the way that you've you know been beat up on social media and I want no part of it um I think for younger women family is a huge um you know I was on a similar discussion last night and I was I, I had mentioned that when I ran for mayor um, the one thing that shocked me was there were a few women in the community, older women, um, but women who were actually friends with my grandmother, who said, I will not vote for April as mayor because that is unfair to her children. Her children are too young and she shouldn't be running right now. And I thought, well, thanks for trying to make that decision for me. Yeah. Um, so, and, but I think it's those kind of comments. People, if you're younger and you have a younger family, they'll try and talk you out of it. And, um, and then also, uh, um, 
you know, people love to say, you know, we want more women, we want single moms running and, but it's very difficult for a single mother to run. Like there's, you have to take time off work. Um, You have to have some sort of funding to, even if it's a small campaign. So I think some of those are, those are the barriers that I've seen. And I know there's more and just the fear. And I think it's intimidating too. Like it's still kind of um, surprises me when I'll talk to somebody and and they'll say, Oh yeah, I don't, you know, even talking to me or some of my colleagues, they, they feel a little, you know, unsure. Oh, I wasn't sure if I could approach you. And I think, Oh my goodness, why not? Like that's, you know, that's, that's our role as well, I'm not elected anymore, but you know, as elected officials. So, so it's funny, the kind of you know, the way people look at it, like, or they're not, I've even heard women say like, Oh, I, I know a woman from St. Catherine's right now, who's, contemplating running in the municipal. And she said, Oh, I just don't feel like, you know, I have any business doing it. And I said, Oh, take that thought right out of your head. That is absolutely not true. So, and that's why it's so good. You're having things like this. So we can talk about, talk about it. Yeah. I think, you know, as a woman, you have to be at the right place at the right time. Um, you know, being able to manage what, whatever your world is, you know, whether you've got children, whether you've got a career, whether you're a single mom or, or not, whether you've got aging p- parents that you're caring for, like you, we, we are so many things in our lives that it is about balance and, and, you know, what, what can I do? Um, and, and can I do it well? And I think too, a lot of times, just in my conversations, sometimes women think, well, I don't know anything about politics. But I think that's the best kind of politician, right? When you get someone who doesn't understand that there's a game being played or that, you you know, like they make the best decisions because the decisions that they're making are coming right from the heart, right? Like they're, they're seriously making those decisions based on the, the research that they've done, the information that they've heard, the people that they've spoken to. And, and that's really what we need, especially, well, at all levels of government, but especially at the municipal level. Uh, Lori, Marina, do you guys want to want to add anything to? Sure. Thanks, Dolores. A couple of things that I notice with women about not getting into politics is they don't like asking for help, uh, mm-hmm. whether that's the team to get to be elected or even fundraising. I know April just talked about funds, but we don't like to ask for help. So I think that's something that we really have to get past. Ask. You have a lot of friends. You have family that will support you. And Dolores, you brought up about not feeling that you're qualified, I would suggest writing down all of the things that you think would be good when you ran all of your qualifications, all of your skills, and and turn it into a skill that a politician would use. And I don't consider myself a politician. I've never been into party politics. I just want to bring my skills and help our, our community in different ways. So a lot of other people think the word politics is a dirty word. They don't want to be involved in it. But so many people, so many women have those skills that if they brought them to the table and they're transferable skills, sometimes they're called soft skills. And I don't really think that they're soft skills. They're things, decision-making, time management, um, prioritizing, budgeting. Those are all things that women- Multitasking. Multitasking. (laughs) We do them on a regular basis. Look at all of those things, what you do in your daily life. If, if you're a business person, all of those skills and those skills you can bring over to the municipal, provincial or federal. Yeah, yeah, those are good points. Do you have an idea for a small business? Maybe you're trying to grow a business that you've already started. 
Whatever the case, the Niagara Falls Small Business Enterprise Center is a community service that is here to help. Offering entrepreneurs the tools to start and grow their businesses, the Small Business Enterprise Center is your one-stop for free business information and advice. Serving Niagara Falls and South Niagara, learn more about how we can help you and your business succeed at niagarafalls.ca slash sbec. Marina? You know what? Everybody has made some very um, valuable points. Um, I, I guess for me, because I don't want to reiterate what everybody else has uh, said, I think we have to get away from the gender identity. Mm. You know, I, I think we have to just level the playing field and allow every type of individual that has the desire, as, as uh, Lori put it, um, to do good, to do right by another human being. I think that's what we have to empower and we have to embrace and we have to really um, develop a a program that assists in in allowing individuals to be individuals and who they are and and have the power within to recognize that they can do anything that they put their minds to. And and once we start embracing everybody's point of view, Mm. I think that will... um, make a difference in all of our communities. Yeah, you're, you're so right. And I've, I've had this conversation with April a number of times, and it's going to sound a little strange on a, a podcast talking about, you know, women in politics, but I've always been a believer that I don't care. I don't care if it's a male or female. I just want the right person in the right job at the right time, right? I want people who are going to make good decisions, who are honest and hardworking, and it doesn't matter to me. And, and that is a wonderful notion. I guess we're not quite there yet because it's not, I don't think it's, it's quite yet a level playing field, but ideally that's, that's really what it should be. Chris, I I feel so bad. Like we're talking all around you. You're surrounded by women. (laughs) <laughs> Dolores, um, what a you know uh, you you you're all doing such a great job. I'm really intrigued and uh, and and listening to uh, you know all all the great comments. My uh, my beloved, my wife actually uh, has has worked uh, in in uh, for politicians all her life, and the last job that she uh, had was actually uh, working in a prime minister's office. For what it's worth, so uh, you know I, I get an interesting perspective. Um, uh, in watching her world and, and watching uh, what's going on around there. But, you know, my, my big question is why? Um, you know, this is, no matter which way you cut it, this is a pretty thankless job. Mm. Um, and, and so rather than focus on the negative and the gender, you know, my, my question is not only why, but, but tell us about a success story. Uh, because here are three very accomplished uh, people who've done incredible things, and and uh, Laurie, to hear your story about uh, you know your your uh, rise in the ranks and Toastmasters, uh, that's that's incredible. Uh, so congratulations. So two questions: uh, Why would you ever want to get into such what really is a thankless job? And 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 secondly, on a more positive note, uh, tell us about your big success story. Mm. Laurie, can I can I start with you? Sure, thank you. I find that I'm able to bring a different voice to city council. Again, when you have all of the same people sitting around the table, it's the same voice, it's the same topics, it's the same issues. 
So I, I bring a different voice. And to me, it doesn't matter when a resident brings a small issue. It's important to them at that particular time. It doesn't matter how small um, it is to me or if it's, um, it doesn't seem important to me, that shouldn't make a difference. It's important to them. So my voice is to help them achieve whatever they're looking for. Sometimes it's not the answer that they want. I think they just want somebody to talk to. And I think as women, we're a little bit more empathetic with people. Uh, I'm not saying that men aren't, but we, we do have that empathetic quality. And if you can connect with that resident and even let them know the bad news that maybe they're, they're, you know, they're not hoping to get, or you can give them different options or alternatives, that's what um, I think my success has been. You're not always going to have big wins, if you want to call it a win. To me, it's just talking with residents. Um, they might not agree with you, but at least they'll understand that you listened to them, that you did the homework, that you tried for them. And I think that's the most important thing. One of the things, sorry, one of the things I do want to comment on, I know that um, anti-racism and diversity and inclusion have been an issue for a long time. And we're starting to see those committees come to different municipalities. And um, that was one of the motions that I made. And we do now have an anti-racism and a diversity and inclusion. So I am proud of that one. It's all about things that are coming that are important topics of the day, but things that have been maybe pushed aside for a little bit too long. So I feel I bring a different voice. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, uh, Laurie. And April, uh, tell us about, uh, you know, why uh, you get into a a job that essentially, as you have pointed out, uh, all the keyboard warriors want to come after you. And uh, uh, I had a politician tell me one day, once in a conversation that, you know, if he could please more than, 50% 50% of the people at any one time, he was ecstatic. And so I'd, I'd asked him, like, so how do you function and operate knowing that on any given day, there are 50% of the people that hate you or don't like what you do? So how do you navigate that? Um, so just going back to, yeah, when you're asking why, you know, why run, again, it goes back to, um, I, I really wanted to serve the community. I mean, that's where it started. And I'm pretty social by nature, although I do feel like the social media and the politics that in some ways has made me a little more introverted. Like, and I think it's just, it's, it's such heavy energy at times. So I need to get away. So I don't know if I've become introverted, but I know what I need uh, in terms of self-care to give myself uh, like a break. But anyway, that that's going on a different topic. Um, but now for me, it's become almost more of a, like a duty to serve now, because there are, I mean, there's lots of people who don't like me, who don't like decisions I've made in the past, but then I, you know, there are people who say to me, when are you going to run again? You know, you should run for this, run for that. Um, And so I, I'm not running for anything right now, but I've stayed active in committees. Um, I serve on several committees uh, uh, throughout the region and, and I try, try to stay engaged. And if, if somebody needs help with me, if they're running in an election or so, so it's, I, I just, now it's just ingrained in me. And if, or if someone needs help and I can't help them, I will point them in the direction. Like if, um, uh, you know, somebody needs help in Niagara Falls, then I know I'll put them in touch with Lori or in Fort Erie with Marina. And then uh, even my role as parks chair 
um, working with the, the three mayors that serve on the commission with me. So, so like I say, it's, it's just, that's where I'm at now. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, the naysayers, it doesn't matter because it's a collective goal, you know, to make uh, Niagara a better place. But, um, and then you'd asked about successes. And I, I would say when I look back now, um, 12, I guess it's 12 years ago now, the first municipal election, I think it was quite remarkable that I won. I don't think I realized at the time, and I'm not saying it was me, like Dolores said, sometimes the stars align and I feel it was hard work. I had some really good friends supporting me and the stars aligned. Um, so I don't think I appreciated it as, as much as I do now because I see how hard it is for other people, particularly women, to um, try and get on council, uh, particularly in the larger municipalities like Niagara Falls and, and St. Catharines. And then there have been different successes along the way, like within the municipality, things that I was told, oh, you'll never, you'll never be able to make that happen. And we did. We, one of the biggest things was um, a, a small, like we, have, we had an ambulance in Wayne We'd never had that before. And then it was a pilot project that became permanent. And, you know, there were lots of other little things along the way, but, you know, they all added up. And, um, and even just the successes in the sense of the people I met in both the provincial and federal election and the relationships that were established, and particularly with people who were in different parties. They're not in the same, you know, and, and, and like I always pride myself on that. Again, I know there's people who don't like me and that's okay, but I always, you know, first and foremost, it's about people. It's not about anything else. And I, and I, I, you know, always try to be as balanced as I, as I can. And it's, I always keep in mind, it's for the collective good of wherever I'm serving. So um, I hope that answers what you were asking. It's a great answer. Thank you so much. And Marina, if we can come to you, uh, you know, for your perspective, please. Uh, thank you. Um, so I think my passion started when I was really quite young and uh, my father owned a property and he was an immigrant to Canada from Italy. And um, like most Italians, they loved growing their gardens in the back. So we had a neighbor that had come in and built their property up high. And I was a little girl at the time. So we had a little creek running, a small little creek running in our backyard before the garden. And, um, and that became more of a bigger creek. And I was fascinated by that. I was okay with it. I was jumping up and down in the creek and, and floating my Barbie doll down the creek until it, it, it floated all the way away. and I couldn't get it back. So, um, uh, but when my father explained that the problem is it was flooding all the garden out because his property was so high, he had gone to the municipality for help and nobody was able to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see that, that wear on your, on your parents' um, inability to be able to provide for your family because they've been flooded out. And that has always remained with me. So when I did finally get um, an opportunity to get into politics uh, on a municipal level, that was my main goal was to help individuals that were having problems um, and uh, didn't get the um, resources that they required to solve that, that problem. A couple of things that I'm really proud of is that um, we have a great council in Fort Erie. I was able to bring a motion in play in my first term of office that dealt with uh, affordability issues. And, um, and we, formed a committee for um, 
affordable living and affordable housing. And we kind of led the charge in the Niagara Peninsula, I think, because we did all of the hard work um, to get our studies done and to say to the province, listen, we need to be recognized as a small community and we're having these problems and it's only gonna get bigger. Um, so we, we are expanding on that. We are now at the process where we're going to start resolving some of those issues in our own municipality, which is great. And, and the latest one that I brought into play, um, you know, there's always talk about climate change and what to do and how to do it. And even though municipalities had started saying, we're going to um, declare an emergency, what does that mean? Um, what are we doing as a municipality? Because we can't rely on the Ontario government or the federal government to uh, make it whole for everybody. We have to do our part too. We're grassroots, we're closer to the ground with our residents. We're the ones that can make and affect the most change. So that just got passed unanimously um, a couple of weeks ago uh, with respect to what we can do as a municipality. Um, and there are other municipalities that have done the same thing uh, throughout Ontario, um, but I would say 90% have not. Um, so I'm really proud of that. And the fact that our municipality is now going to embrace um, changes that are going to be meaningful and not just words that are out in, in you know, the, the universe that haven't come to fruition. That's a, that's a great answer too. And I know we're running out of time, but yes. um, when you were speaking about, you know, the story with your dad, I really resonate with that because my situation was very similar. But as we've, um, the last few weeks, we've had updates from the different municipalities from, from all of your economic development people. And it's pretty consistent and clear that we are in a building boom, um, you know, lots of people moving to Niagara and lots of different ethnic groups as well, right? Who are looking for different things in our communities. And one of the things that I keep thinking about is, you know, we're so lucky that we have um, all of these different groups who, who are relocating here and they bring a different perspective because we're on the inside. I, I think everybody here is probably uh, born and raised in Niagara. So our, you know, we see it from the inside, right? And, and, and that's what we see. But folks who have moved here and maybe have a different background, um, they see it differently. And I think there's great value in trying to get those groups of people engaged in municipal politics. And so my question is, how do we do that? Be because it's, it's not easy to um, um, engage someone who who maybe is new to the community, who, who maybe English is not even their first language, but, but I think the value would be so great because we, we've changed so much in the past two years. And the only thing that is certain, the only thing that is certain is that it's gonna to continue to change, right? And, and so I think it's important to, to have those, those different perspectives from, from people who are, are finding us and relocating. So that's my, that's my big question. How do we do that? The three, the three smart women around the table. <laughs> if I can jump in here first, then um, it's funny that you just raised this because I had a conversation with our mayor the other day and, and uh, we were talking about how can we embrace the new immigrants from Ukrainian or from Ukraine um, coming in and all, and also the other displaced um, immigrants that are coming from the other um, countries. And, and we had um, talked about starting a task force, a small task force 
that would embody different areas, employment, um, having your voice heard, as you mentioned, and, um, and, and how to um, get them entrenched in our culture and, and give us a flavor of their own. Yes. And I think that if each community starts that way with a small little task force that everybody's responsible for one part of, of that pie, then we can pull those individuals in and, and let them know that they do have a voice at the table and, um, and be able to share their perspective with us. I, oh, I think I'm that's so the happy. starting point. I'm so happy to hear that, that, that you guys are all over it. That's fantastic. Lori? That's a great question, Dolores. Uh, quite often when we don't have representation in our groups, we say, oh, well, why don't we? I think it's, it's our responsibility to go out to other groups to invite them into whatever we're, we're trying to do. So in, in this specific case, I would reach out to the, the groups like the folk arts, the immigration um, groups that are out there uh, specifically in Fort Erie, there's a lot because it's close to the bridge, uh, and reach out to those groups and letting them know that there is an election. And I, I know as a new immigrant, you wouldn't be able to run because you have to be a, a resident, but there are people that are residents now. So, um, but you have to go where they are. It's not enough for us just to say, oh, we need diversity and then just sit there and expect people to come to us. We have to get that information out to them and make it easy for them as well. Uh, let them know what needs to be done. Maybe mentor some people, connect people, uh, help them with um, fundraising or putting a team together. They, uh, and, and if you go to different cultural or um, uh, religious organizations, you'll find them and just let them know that we want them to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. April, did you want to comment on that at all? No, I think, I think Marina and Lori, um, you know, nailed it. And I, and I agree, Laurie touched on like the folk art center. And I was, um, I, I, I don't served. I just recently, I, I, I don't serve on the well and heritage council anymore. I had to, uh, I had to leave just because of scheduling conflicts, but you know, fabulous organization as, uh, Dolores, Dolores knows here in Welland. And, and that would, that was my first thought, you know, engage those, those organizations um, and have them work with the councils and Laurie's right. You have to uh, have to go to them. And I find that like any involvement I've had in politics with newcomers to Canada, like they are so um, you know, once they're settled and I know some people don't come here under the greatest circumstances. So I'm sure involvement in the communities not top of mind but then there are other people who who come here and it, it's not you know such an adjustment let's say and I at like the Indian community in Niagara Falls fascinates me with how engaged they are in everything going on it's amazing and I've met so many people and they help and they want to get involved and like it's it's awesome so I think it's yeah like Laurie said and, and Marina reaching out to them and having uh you know having something that they can join and be part of and and even um you know, Lori said about some people wouldn't be able to run because they have to go through their their uh, citizenship process. But but certainly can serve people. Anybody can serve on committees and get involved and, uh, you know, bring that perspective that we need. So, yeah, good discussion about this. Well, I uh, obviously was not born here, uh, arrived here about 25 years ago. We could do an entire podcast about the differences between different countries. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, it really is an interesting study in, in the differences because the reality is different countries have different values. Uh, but, you know, the one thing I would say, uh, you know, about 
about Canada and Canadians is I think they're very proud of everything that they've achieved and they have every right uh, to do so. But as we wrap this up, uh, ladies, one question I would like to ask uh, is what advice would you give to women who are perhaps thinking about running for office? And uh, April, perhaps we could get your thoughts on that. I, I think, I mean, you have to think it out and do what's right for you, but don't let anybody deter you. I think that be that's just what's in at the you know top of mind right now because people will. Um, I, I found that people really tried to talk me out of it when I ran for mayor, and like yeah, like family members, um, people who I thought were close friends, and and now I look and think, imagine if I had listened to them. Um, you know, I haven't had this like amazing career, but it's been good and fun. And I, I mean, I just can't imagine my life not serving in some role. So I would say, you know, really do what do listen to your instincts. That's always been a huge thing for me. And then surround yourself uh, with good people, but who will like to Dolores's point, who will tell you, you know, the truth and, and you know, what you need to know moving forward and who are going to support you and be like your biggest cheerleaders. Cause it can be lonely and it can be uh, very negative. So, so yeah, I guess that's my, my more uh, emotional side of it. <laughs> that, that makes a great deal of sense. Uh, Marina, what do you, what, what would your advice be for somebody watching or listening to this podcast thinking, should I, shouldn't I? Yeah, I say go for it. Um, uh, much to what April was saying, uh, you know, it's all about experience and um, and gaining that knowledge. And the only way to do it is to get your feet in and um, and start doing. I um, I think that um, April is quite correct. Don't listen to the negativity out there. You have to push forward and you have to do what's right for you. And that's the only way. And it's so rewarding. You learn so much and you would never get that knowledge base if you don't do it. And then if I can add just one more thing, if you are going to do it, study, not just study the material, but study the human behavior and your colleagues around the council so that you can anticipate what those moods are going to be and, and what their thought process is. And then you can encourage why you think the way that you do and learn from why they think the way that they do. Okay. That's a great insight there. Thank you so much. And lastly, uh, Laurie, what, uh, what advice would you have for anybody thinking about uh, entering into, into politics? Thanks, Chris. The first thing I would say would be research and educate yourself on the role so you understand what the role is. Talk to other people that have done it before or have run what was their experience. Get a list of all of your skills and how they would um, correlate in, in that role. That's really important. Get involved with the community, whether that means uh, volunteering, sitting on boards or committees. Those are really important. When I didn't make it the first time in 2014, I went to every council meeting for the next four years before I got into 2018. So I familiarized myself with what was going on in Niagara Falls, the people who were sitting at the table and how all of that worked. And I think the last thing, uh, two, two more things is make sure you have a good team, people that believe in you and will tell you when you're on the wrong track or the right track and believe that you uh, need to be there. If you have skills and you have a desire to be there, believe in yourself and um, that, that's half the battle. Wow, some great mm -hmm. advice there. Uh, Dolores, any other 
closing questions or comments? No closing questions. We, we've had such a wonderful conversation. I mean, honestly, Chris, we, we could carry on for another hour. It's just such a great conversation. And I will say this, we, we're going to have to cut it off now, but you guys are coming back. <laughs> you guys are coming back. This is a great conversation. <laughs> well, April, Laurie and Marina, thank you so much for giving us some of your valuable time today. We really appreciate you being here. Love the conversation. And uh, we wish you uh, all the very best uh, with your future endeavors. Um, so Dolores, uh, tell us about next week. What's the plans? Yeah, well, next week we're gonna take a break, but we'll be back the following week. And our focus is gonna be healthcare here in Niagara. We'll learn about digital and online innovation with the new virtual urgent care service, as well as an update on the uh, South Niagara site. So it's gonna be exciting. Our guests will be Sonoli Kohli, uh, Vice President of Diagnostics and Chief Information Officer, and Dr. Benjamin Tam. He's a physician with critical care medicine. So it should be a great conversation. Uh, to all of our listeners, send us the topics that you're talking about because we want to talk about them too. Thanks again for tuning in and have yourselves a wonderful day.